to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sangal and I'm bringing you our final session that we're going to showcase from the Digiday Video Marketing Summit that we held in Nashville, Tennessee from November 28th to November 30th. In this session, we talked to Neil Vendetti, President of Investments at Zenith US. He shares his thoughts on how we can bring rich video content to consumers, ensure brand safety, and how to make the best of the sea of insights we now have access to. Listen in. You oversee a group that sees uh, that that handles a significant amount of of spend or investment or however you want to call it across uh, across platforms. Um, OTT has been a big piece of the conversation over the last few days. How to how to manage that has been a big piece of the conversation. And I'd love to start there, right? In terms yeah. of um, across all of the clients you guys work with, how much has that grown? How has how has that kind of evolved over the last six twelve months in terms of? Just how you look at all of these platforms and services that are available on over-the-top screens. Now. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, you know first and foremost, it's terrific um, that as the consumers' habits are changing and content is, is being uh, uh, consumed uh, very differently than it has in the past, we have more options, and our clients have have more options to reach them. And OTT is a, is a significant one and a growing one. Um, to me, the best part about OTT is it can sort of play in two very distinct buckets. Uh, it, it can be, and it, and it often is for clients, uh, an opportunity to replace lost uh, reach through traditional linear TV channels. Um, and that's an easy story to tell because consumers uh, are, are viewing differently and we need to follow that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other side of it is it can play in the world of uh, precision targeted um, media as well, mm-hmm. uh, being able to be a, a one-to-one opportunity uh, executed programmatically. So uh, the exciting part for us about a, a medium like OTT is it can live in, in both of those buckets. So I want to get into that in like two seconds, but first, just are you seeing more clients ask about it, or how are you sort of organizing to be like, this is a place that we have to obviously be yeah. there with our, with our clients, how do we ensure that we're doing it appropriately? Yeah, I, I, things like, like this are, are easy to talk to clients about because it, it's impacting their own habits, mm-hmm. and, um, and they're obviously their, their kids and their family, they're the best, the, the easiest thing to do to talk to a client about the future of television or the future of video or, or media mm-hmm. is to talk about what their kids are doing mm-hmm. because that's usually going to be the future of, of how those habits um, evolve over their lifetimes. Um, so yes, obviously those conversations are uh, happening more frequently um, and we are have, we're able to have uh, more strategic dialogues about uh, uh, you know, beyond just saying we need to be here because the consumer is here. Um, how do we best deploy it um, for whatever business needs we're trying to solve for them? Do you see clients across the board increasing their spend on this channel? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's still a little bit um, fragmented mm-hmm. at this point. Um, so we're trying to find ways to pull that together, um, be able to transact differently. Um, but yes, absolutely. Um, you know, the, 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 the investment there is increasing. Um, although it's interesting, if you look at Linear TV, and I'm going to try to remember some stats. If I don't, I have them in my pocket. But uh, investment in linear TV over the past three years through the traditional upfront is up about 13% in aggregate as supply is diminishing significantly. Mm -hmm. So that just speaks to the fact that clients are looking. The clients that were there for the the mass reach still need that. Mm -hmm. It it still needs to be a part of what they're doing, a significant part. we are looking at OTT as a way to say, 
we don't need to keep contributing to a broken economic television marketplace. Mm -hmm. Let's bring some of this in, shift some of your money into these channels mm -hmm. um, to both address uh, the inefficiencies in that market but also to follow consumer habits and, and be more effective at driving reach against. And how receptive have clients been to that? It's never been a, a difficult conversation. Okay. So uh, one of the, uh, the conversations we've been having in that, and you kind of alluded to it, um, where should video sit within an agency, right? Uh, uh, you have the television side that has historically bought television. You have the digital side that's bought digital video. OTTs, supposedly the merging of that, you just described it, yeah. right, in terms of how it can replace lost TV viewers, but at the same time give you all this uh, uh, performance that, that you can't get in more traditional means. Uh, uh, for you guys, how do you, like who's buying yeah. over the top? Um, you know, we've, a, a, as an agency, evolved over the past uh, five or so years uh, to um, having video specialists, mm -hmm. not just television buyers. Um, and that started with the full episode players from the networks and, and obviously including now more um, uh, digital video from other uh, sources. Um, but OTT can play in that world as well. Um, if we look at strategically what purpose it's serving in a, in a media plan, that usually is the best indicator of uh, who should be actually activating it. Mm -hmm. We still have uh, robust programmatic teams um, that can activate it in, in that fashion. But, um, strategically, if it's serving the purpose of aggregating audience uh, on a macro level and reach um, and driving a mass awareness, um, our video buyers uh, should and, and will be uh, doing that in most cases. So is it basically client by client in terms of? Yeah, okay. it, it's, it's by client and, and strategically the role that that particular medium is playing within a plan. Mm. Uh, how do you uh, look at uh, the other side of this is also uh, as, as this channel continues to grow, you have these major players that you are working with, right? Whether it's, so the ecosystems like an Amazon or a Roku, uh, uh, platform slash programmers like Hulu, like there's some yep. giant players in this space. Uh, but what has inevitably happened is you kind of have these, this introduction of new walled gardens that yeah. are happening on, on this new channel. Um, you can get varying amount of data back. Yeah. It's hard to match sometimes, right? So like, how do you manage that aspect of it in terms of, trying to figure out how to navigate this increasingly fragmented space. Yeah, I mean, there's no easy answer to that. I think the industry is struggling with it. Uh, there's a couple of things that we're doing. The, the more that we can um, pull inventory sources together into um, uh, as, as single view of uh, a, 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 the entire marketplace as possible mm -hmm. and execute that through one platform, um, that's something that makes it easier um, to, to build consistency across um, how we're buying and how we're tracking and measuring across all these places. Um, you know, if you can do it through a single uh, DSP, um, that makes it easier. But at the end of the day, there's still going to be differences and, 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 and barriers that are created in, in walled garden environments. Um, there's certain instances where we just need to make inferences or, or build proxies uh, for performance, and that's okay right now. I think um, as something like OTT continues to um, gain um, you know, acceptance and, and scale in the market, um, you know, there, I do foresee a day where there is a, a, a reliable central measurement opportunity um, as a legacy TV guy, all, you know, we all spent um, 
a uh, certain number of minutes of our day, we were dedicated to complaining about Nielsen. The best thing that ever happened in Nielsen was Comscore, because now they're competing to figure out how to effectively measure all this stuff mm -hmm. in a consistent way across the, across the board. And um, you know, having a third party working on that, uh, having two third parties working on it, uh, should help get us to where we but need to be. But are you confident that, of that actually happening? Because like, the way I would look at that is, if I am, if I am a Roku, if I am uh, one of the bigger, pro, you know, bigger platforms or ecosystems, what incentive do I have to open it up I mean, to, it, to a third party? It's right? on us, uh, on the buying side, to, to demand that mm -hmm. on behalf of our clients. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's an easier, it's a different conversation uh, with a Roku mm -hmm. versus a Facebook or a Google. Mm -hmm. uh, those are not easy conversations right. to have. Um, there, it's different I, how then? Like, I, it, I mean, the, the, the scale isn't quite there. Mm -hmm. Roku isn't, at this point, able to walk around and make huge demands of the marketplace and, mm -hmm. um, and force us to agree to things that we might not otherwise want to agree to. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we're having discussions with all the players um, as an agency and as a holding company in, in publicist media, um, to be able to, to um, be a force to drive this medium in a positive direction mm -hmm. on behalf of our clients, and we need to represent um, what makes that um, feasible on our side from a, a measurement standpoint. Mm -hmm. And um, my hope is that we're, we're able to do it in a constructive way where um, they, they, they do allow some level of third party um, measurement. Do you have like a, 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 an optimistic view in terms of like when this could happen by, or is it just like you never know? I mean, listen, everything changes every day. There's right. new players every day. Um, I would hope it, you know, as it scales to a point from a, from a supply standpoint that it becomes legitimate and significant, um, uh, as, a, as a major part of a, of a media plan, mm -hmm. um, I think it, need, it, it needs to happen by that point. Mm -hmm. um, consumers are moving in this direction. I actually looked at uh, some data yesterday that was actually surprising. More than 50% of um, US uh, households have at least one subscription uh, VOD. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously there's scale there. Um, a huge amount of that is Netflix, which obviously, you know, we can't really have a legitimate advertising conversation around um, directly. But um, are you trying to find indirect ways onto Netflix right now? There's well, there's you know, we're always trying to find. It, there are indirect ways if you can get into the shows. Right. But there's also uh, you know, and and there's been some legal questions around the uh, Alfonso's and Sambas of the world right. who are able to retarget uh, people that are watching a huge amount of Netflix and don't have a cable subscription. Um, that stuff is really interesting to us. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of privacy stuff that has to get worked out um, mm -hmm. that I think uh, the marketplace and, and um, the opportunities are moving faster than any of the industry's ability to really catch up to understanding, okay, what's right and what's wrong and what is violating privacy and what's not. Mm -hmm. um, I think we'll ultimately figure all that out, mm -hmm. but that does become really interesting. I think also Netflix, if you look at the future of Netflix, is all these media companies now are building um, their own OTT bundles of their own content. Netflix uh, grew initially on the backs of other people's content, mm -hmm. and now what they need to do is build as much on their own have their own content that's going to drive subscriptions and maintain subscriptions because they're not going to get all the um, 
uh, all the content from the media companies that they were before, as mm -hmm. those guys are creating their own libraries. Right. So it'll be a really interesting dynamic. So one of the big uh, topic of conversation over the over the past few days has been around uh, the relationship between media and creative at, yeah. uh, at agencies, right? Um, used to be that they were a lot closer together. Now it seems much more splintered. Uh, and, and it's causing, uh, there's a disconnect there, right? Um, how does that exist at Zenith in terms of the media side and the creative side? Yeah, I mean, you know, Zenith was the first unbundled media agency. So we are essentially, uh, in some uh, ways, the source of that uh, <laughs> problem. Um, uh, but obviously, we need to work differently than, than we have as the landscape changes and as, uh, as the need for uh, almost an infinite number of different uh, types of creative uh, continues. It's funny, we have a, a, a client, a major client of ours, uh, who was in our office not too long ago, and he said, I pay all this money to my uh, creative agency, and they build these gorgeous 90-second spots and they're, they're beautiful and they air in our lobby and nowhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the, a, a good example of the disconnect between the media that's being placed and what consumers uh, have an appetite for um, versus what is actually being produced. Um, I was, we were talking yesterday, I was in Atlanta yesterday with a, with a client um, and it was very refreshing. We had the the media clients in the room, we had the creative agencies in the room, um, we had the advertising clients in the room, and the advertising client got up and gave a presentation, uh, and at the end of it was uh, basically, uh, she implored us as media and creative, we need to be in each other's shit from the very beginning of every process, because if we don't, then we're not going to be able to be as effective in actually driving business results. So, so is it on clients to, to sort of push for this? Or like, is it, there more that you guys can do to make that already a thing? It's, right? it, in our minds, it is a thing. But if clients aren't supportive of it, mm -hmm. and if clients aren't, uh, ultimately the client is the connection more you know, between us and a creative agency, mm -hmm. uh, more so than a direct connection typically. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably something that needs to evolve. Um, but that's the reality of the structure. If, if if a client is pulling us both in mm -hmm. to a, a creative meeting, and a client is pulling us both into a media meeting, mm -hmm. um, that is the easiest way, at, at least, to start building a, a process that's more holistic across media. And how would you characterize where, across sort of the entire roster of clients that you guys have, at what who's level? Who's doing that? Who's doing that? How many of them are? are I would doing say, that? doing it effectively, less than twenty-five percent. And some of that, like you said, is on us. Mm -hmm. um, but it really needs to be a part of how the client is thinking about it. Um, if they're thinking about it as, as one holistic uh, process, then we're forced to. If they are still thinking about it as two separate things, mm -hmm. it's kind of hard for us to, to force our way in there. Mm -hmm. is it, but like, do you still think that like, you guys should be making the effort, even if they're not thinking of it that way? Yeah, like, yeah. No, this, is, this is the correct way. And we'll, we'll make sure we have... Um, you know, regular status uh, calls and things like that. But there's obviously a ton of stuff going on behind the scenes on the creative side and the media side that we just can't both be exposed to. Mm -hmm. um, so it's tough. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we want to be able to, as, as a media agency, we want to be able to buy media that is the best possible um, showcase for whatever creative is being produced, um, both from a context standpoint and from a, a creative length standpoint. 
um, because ultimately, if we can't do that, then our client's going to lose. Mm -hmm. So another topic, uh, brand safety. Uh, typically, when we talk about that, we're talking about Facebook and YouTube. Yeah. Um, has, that, has the issues that we've seen on both platforms over even just the last 12 months impacted how you approach either of them, right? In terms of, let's just say, spend and everything else yeah. that kind of goes with it. Um, you know, I think there's been a lot made over the, the, the past uh, five years about a, a shift to digital. And people ask me all the time, uh, as a legacy TV guy, are you seeing TV dollars moving to digital? And it's not that simple usually. But the biggest driver of that, I think, was Facebook and Google. And our ability as an industry, to, instead of just putting a, a, an ad out there and hoping people see it and hoping you're reaching the right person, now we have the ability to be super targeted, right? And we can create the right message for the right person. And we, we kind of over-indexed towards that. And I think what the brand safety concerns um, have forced us to do is take a step back and say, you know what we kind of forgot about? Yes, right message, right person. But there's context there, and context matters. Mm -hmm. um, and that was sort of um, uh, um, minimized as, a, as an important factor. And I think it's forced us to think differently about, OK, yes, we need to be able to identify the right people. We need to be able to identify the, the right creative and, and the right moments to reach them. But context and content needs to be a part of that thinking. Um, and I think if there's a, something good that's come out of the brand safety concerns, it's been forcing us to, to think that way. So did you actually, like, did you guys, you know, take a step back from we had, Yeah, we had clients that, that turned off for months. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think th there's, there's an expectation, I don't think it's an unreasonable one, that we have and our clients have that a media partner that we're working with has some ability to control the environment uh, in which our client's ad is running. I mean, that, it, it, it's, it's, to me, a pretty fair mm -hmm. ask. Um, you know, and um, we had clients that turned off for a long time until those, um, uh, you know, were, uh, until we were able to determine that, yes, you know, there is that level of control. Mm -hmm. But the nature of the content makes it very, very difficult. I mean, every, probably while I've been standing up here, there's been 200 million new videos uploaded to YouTube or some mm -hmm. silly number. Right. Um, and obviously, social content is, uh, is as unpredictable as it gets. So there's an inherent um, risk there. I think um, we are leaning on those guys and everyone that we do business with to find a way to maintain some level of control. Um, I think they're doing a better job. Um, but it's always going to be a challenge just based on the nature of the content. Fair. We have a few uh, seconds left. Anyone have questions for, for Neil in the audience? Anyone who is not hungover, maybe? I know. It's early on the third day. Fun city. I'll ask, well, I'll ask one more, and it's tied to that, to, to sort of the brand safety thing, right? Um, the, the most recent news has been, obviously, around Facebook and all the things that kind of from Cambridge Analytica yeah. on to, to uh, everything that's going on, uh, on today with the platform and how they've kind of even reacted to, to sort of being under fire. Uh, we made the argument, uh, one of my colleagues wrote a piece just, uh, just last week, like, um, I think it was Kerry. Kerry wrote that piece. Um, nothing's going to change until uh, 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 the spend goes away, right? Because for, for advertisers, Facebook still performs. Yeah. Um, and while there are all these other issues at play, uh, you still have to hit your numbers, right? Uh, would you say that's sort of 
true in terms of how you approach Facebook as a, an advertising it's, platform? It's hard because um, they do so much. Facebook has opened up an opportunity for anyone to have a, 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 a platform to get ads out in front mm -hmm. of people. Um, and the amount of business that they're doing outside of the world of massive media agencies is huge. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, we don't have the same type of leverage that maybe we would have, or we would with another uh, type of uh, media company. Um, I will say in simplest terms, yes, the, the, the money is going to, money being there or not being there is gonna have a significant impact on decisions that uh, any media company is making. Um, the reason why, you know, us and, and others in, in, in my shoes um, have had a difficult time um, pushing some of these things with a company like Facebook is the lack of leverage that we have. At the end of the day, it's hard to walk into a client and say, uh, we cut all your Facebook, but you know, we got something else that will, will be okay. Um, because, I mean, we all know that there's a place for it on a media plan. So, um, yeah, that's a, it's a major challenge. Um, I would hope that at a certain point, you know, the, the industry, um, inclusive of buyers and sellers, comes together in a way that's maybe a little bit more productive and, uh, and inclusive of the needs of our clients. Um, but, you know, that's, it, I think that's always going to be a challenge with huge players like that. Great. Well, Neil, this was terrific. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right, we'll talk soon. Thank you all for listening. I'm Aditi Sangu. Did you like the show? Then rate us and leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or again, wherever you're getting this podcast. And you could also write to me or tweet at me. My Twitter is at Aditi Sangal, A-D-I-T-I-S-A-N-G-A-L. Or email me. My email is aditi at digiday.com. I'll be back soon with another episode. Till then, stay tuned. 